Coming to you live from the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas and Money 2020, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Well, folks, here we go again. And I mean that in a positive way. If I were to say, here we go again, it's because you're hearing my voice, right? But (laughs) fortunately, we're going to have someone on the podcast who is an old friend of Bankadelic, a great guy. I'm going to tell you this right now. Brian Cass is based in the Milwaukee area. I'm based in Chicago. Those are two cities that are pretty close to each other, but it took us going to Vegas to actually be in the same room. So give him a big Money 2020 welcome, Brian Cass. He is the president and managing director of True Stage Ventures. In that role, Brian oversees all M&A activity and strategic transactional initiatives within the organization. Now, True Stage was formerly CMFG Ventures, and that's a corporate venture capital fund that focused and now focuses as True Stage on strategic investments in disruptive technologies Brian, welcome to Bankadelic, the Money 2020 version. Lou, great to see you and great to be here with you today. Yeah, fantastic. So you've been all over the convention floor. You've heard some of the conversations. You've been to some of the presentations. What stands out to you as being particularly worth noting, whether that's on the good side or the hype side or just something that has grabbed your attention you find really fascinating? It's been interesting, um, I think, comparing Money 2020 this year to maybe two years ago, where, you know, it was all things crypto and blockchain back in 2019, 2020. This year, you know, it feels like it's kind of more back to the basics. Um, certainly a lot of uh, companies in the payment space, um, you know, back end uh, solutions, uh, fraud mitigation companies and um, so again, I think there's some doubling down on uh, on the basics here within Money 2020. Yeah, and you are so involved in this whole venture area that some of the buzz I've heard, but I need a more specific and a more authoritative perspective, that there's been a little bit of cooling off, that people are being more cautious, that the flow of money, the deal making has a little bit of ice put on it, that 
said, that said, it's not a total chill. It's just people are moving a little bit more cautiously. What do you see? I, we, we see that very much so. I mean, it, it certainly is taking a lot more time for companies to raise capital in this environment. Investors are being um, hyper vigilant around due diligence. And, you know, I, I would say um, we're seeing some signs of things starting to thaw a bit. Uh, we have seen, uh, at least with companies that we've invested in, um, you know, a pretty good second and, and uh, uh, third quarter here in terms of starting to raise capital at, at um, in some cases, higher valuations. So, you know, I'm optimistic that, that next year will we'll hopefully um, uh, be a little bit easier, but it definitely has been a challenging market for the last, you know, 12 to 16 months. Yeah. And when you mentioned challenging, I'm going to circle back to something you just mentioned, which was that a few years ago, and I remember this as well, it was crypto, 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 blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. And look at the year we've had Sam Bankman Freed really crash landing with FTX. Binance, which was the company that sort of stabbed him in the back, is also suspected of being not quite above board with their crypto operation. In the meanwhile, a lot of voices beginning to speak out and say, see, we told you so. This is a Ponzi scheme. There's no central government that backs up Bitcoin or Ethereum or Dogecoin, any of these currencies. So when you lose, you lose. Now, that might be a hyped point of view or an emotional one. The thing that seems hard to dismiss outright is that we may be in a crypto winter right now with no sign of spring just yet. What are you seeing or hearing in terms of those things, whether it's been out on the floor or just within the pipeline you have for information? Yeah, I think, you know, what, what we've seen, I mean, fortunately, we dodged a lot of the landmines um, from an investment standpoint when it comes to crypto. Uh, but yeah, I think what we're seeing is is certainly the ability of those companies to continue to, to raise capital is extremely difficult. I mean, I do think there is a place um, for cryptocurrencies. They're not going to completely disappear, but I think the the hype has certainly come um, to an end here. Uh, I think you know a lot of the new cryptocurrencies um, that we saw emerge. I think that definitely um, will will cool off, if not completely freeze, as you said, with uh, kind of the crypto winter upon us. Uh, and it's just really not um, uh, much discussion I anymore whatsoever. I mean, we work with a lot of financial institutions. And if I think back to, you know, back in uh, 2021, all of the banks and credit unions were seeing deposits uh, leave their institutions going into different cryptocurrencies. They all wanted to get, you know, kind of into the game. Um, uh, have some trading capabilities for their customers. Uh, today, you don't hear a single uh, financial institution talking about that or prioritizing that. So again, it's a reflection of just how quickly things can change. Absolutely. And speaking of that, there has been a flip-flop from 
about a few years ago when I was the managing editor at a banking nonprofit, I decided in 2019 that we were going to declare it the year of AI. <laughs> and almost no one wound up talking about AI then, but a lot of people were talking about crypto and blockchain. Now it seems like the conversation has finally come to that full circle where crypto is a little bit on the back burner. I'm a bit of an optimist there. I think at some point when the guardrails and the regulation are in place, it's going to shake out. But really, the big, big, big talk is artificial intelligence. I've heard it everywhere I've been at the convention. Here's my question is that you could look at this one way. Well, chat GPT, it got people all hyped up. It's still a lot of hype. Or there's a great deal of utility here and chat GPT has woken up a lot of people in the industry in terms of how we can start applying this now. What do you think is the more accurate view or is it a mix of both really? You know, maybe it's a mix of both. I mean, I think what we're seeing are, again, greater interest from financial institutions to utilize um, technology that leverages AI. And, you know, I think they're looking to, you know, whether it improve experiences, reduce expenses, um, deliver better capabilities in, in leveraging AI to accomplish that, you know, as you point out, and this is uh, a, a technology that can be used for many, many use cases. And, and so I think we're just, you know, really starting to see the emergence of uh, a lot of the companies that utilize AI really starting to um, to take hold. And, and so I don't see that uh, cooling off at, at any point in the future. I mean, if anything, um, it, it will it will become really kind of the new norm uh, where uh, companies that aren't using any AI in their platform um, uh, probably within a few years may look uh, rather outdated. Yeah. And the opposite of outdated, indated, if you will, true stage ventures, right? You're sitting right in the middle of all of this exciting stuff, this scary stuff, this wait and see stuff. I want to know what's going on on your end that's new, that's exciting, that's worth bragging about. Yeah, I think it's been, you know, again, an interesting year when I go back and, and think about really in 2020, 2021, uh, financial institutions, you know, were all into lending technology and they were sitting on massive amounts of deposits and they were looking to deploy that capital. Uh, obviously, starting in in um, the fall of 2022 with rising interest rates, now all the financial institutions that we talk about really are are shifting away from lending technology and, and focused on how they can grow deposits, how they can get new members or customers uh, into their financial institutions. Um, so we've you know, certainly been looking for uh, more solutions in that space. Um, I think the other thing that we're seeing is just more and more interest uh, within banks and credit unions to, to leverage uh, partnerships with fintech companies as a way to stay competitive and relevant and, and to keep up with really what, what big banks um, have done over the last five to 10 years. Um, and I think they realize that they need to kind of uh, get into the game, um, kind of aggressively pursue these partnerships, um, which is great uh, 
a great thing for for us to see kind of being at the intersection between fintech and and traditional financial institutions which is a great place to be i've talked to at least a couple people at the convention who have stressed to me that it's not just the technology it's about the relationships that smaller financial institutions know those relationships and the art of that down cold I would love to hear, because people come up to me all the time at conventions like this, they want something. Usually it's directions to the bathroom, but they want something, right? If someone is trying to get your attention, attract your interest, Brian, what are the types of things that you really expect to hear, need to hear before it advances past a conversation? You know, I think what we're seeing, you know, from an investment standpoint is there's, again, more of a shift away from direct-to-consumer companies. Um, you know, we like companies that kind of leverage financial institutions and that channel um, where a, a, a tech company can um, reduce sort of the acquisition costs of uh, in, in trying to um, avoid the cost of competing against uh, large financial institutions. So I, I think for us, at least seeing kind of a B2B component to their business model in this day and age is a must. I, I think going back to you know, utilizing um, AI uh, to um, really kind of uh, boost and, and, and turbocharge the solutions that they offer, uh, again, is, is kind of a, a must have. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, really, uh, a culture is is as important as anything. Are they going to be a good cultural fit within, you know, our fund? Are they going to be a good cultural fit with leaders at financial institutions that we work uh, work with? And and that is, yeah, really kind of that intangible benefit that um, you can never underestimate. Now you mentioned AI just now, and there is one thing that Brian Cass can do that AI cannot do. And that is peer into the future. If you ask ChatGPT a lot of questions about the future, it only has a limited perspective. It doesn't go all the way up to being current. So there's no way it can make an educated guess at pretty much anything. So I'm wondering, as you look ahead, we are winding down 2023, we are into 2024, what would you say are some trends to look out for? Maybe some predictions you might want to venture. Yeah, I think an area that's going to continue the financial services industry is, is broad. I mean, when we talk about sort of you know, artificial intelligence, you know, the bad guys are getting more and more sophisticated. Um, it's becoming increasingly difficult to detect and mitigate fraud. So I think that is going to be, you know, a growing area of, of focus for financial institutions. Um, I think another area that, that we're really interested in is just, as we see um, embedded insurance and embedded finance, you know, really continuing to, to grow and, and, you know, companies that kind of enable the, the intersection between uh, retailers and traditional financial institutions to embed those services and solutions, um, I think, again, will be uh, increasingly um, common as we look ahead into the future. So, you know, companies that can make that possible, 
would be a huge area of interest for us. So those are uh, a few areas where I think will be, you know, a hot, a hot area in the next, you know, two to three years. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, you made time to be here. Maybe you got tired of me running after you with the butterfly net, but <laughs> you wound up in the space with me. I hope you go out and do some great business, meet some great people, and find the good swag. I've had trouble with that this year, but I did land a T-shirt that says, I don't catch feelings, I catch fraud. <laughs> so that was a keeper. Brian, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Lou. Brian Cass is the president and managing director of True Stage Ventures. He is based in the Milwaukee area. Be sure to look for Brian on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done those Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time. So long.
Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.